Hello and welcome to the Your Voice to the World podcast. Eddie Pinero here, and this week we have an awesome book, The Martian by Andy Weir. Um, it's a little bit different. It's a fictional story about an astronaut stuck on Mars and, and fighting for his life, and we tie in um, a lot of those concepts to the entrepreneurial journey, the trials and tribulations of life. Um, it's a great book, a lot of important concepts, and uh, I'm sure you'll take a lot from it. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, if you could take a second to leave a review, leave a comment, really helps us out. Um, so thank you for that. And last thing, um, if you want to take this further, if, if you want to take the concepts one step more, we have a Facebook group, which we'll leave a link in the description of the podcast where we talk about these concepts and how we can implement it um, into our daily lives. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero, speaker, filmmaker, and storyteller, teaming up with Terrence McMahon, retired CEO and best-selling author. Having built multi-million dollar businesses and created lifestyle brands enjoyed by millions around the world, we've established a blueprint to do more and become more. Now we're joining forces to inspire you to share your voice and build the business and lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero. I'm Terrence McMahon. And we teach you to share your voice. And build your business. What do we got for him today, brother? Oh, man. A little outside the nine dots. You ever know what the nine dots exercise is? No, what's that? Oh, oh, you, oh yeah, the square? Yeah, yeah you got to go outside the dots to make the puzzle work. It's a throwback. Uh, the Martian, right? The Martian by Andy Weir. So we're going sci-fi um, to talk about connecting dots from thinking outside the nine dots to sci-fi to business. How can you use this book to share your voice and build your business? Yeah. And, you know, like, like you mentioned, it is a little bit different, right? This is, um, it, it's a fiction. Um, a lot of you probably seen the story, uh, the, they made a movie about it, The Martian. I, I rated it as one of my top five books for entrepreneurs. Uh, and there's a reason for that. And, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about our favorite themes, but long story short, uh, you have an American astronaut who goes to Mars with a crew. And by the way, there are spoilers in here for those that haven't read it and want to. Uh, that's kind of assumed. Uh, we'll dig into a, some of the detail. but And basically, he gets left behind on Mars. And so you have a botanist, a, a genius guy who, you know, for over a year is trying to figure out how to not only survive, but make his way across a planet to get picked up. And the entire book is about risk taking and it's about finding a way to survive. And the parallels to entrepreneurship where it's problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution uh, is just, it's a great thing to instill in your mind. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you full credit for, for, suggesting this book because I saw the movie and I didn't know where you were coming from honestly yeah. but the book is much longer and it's a it's a much more detailed journey of of how this this astronaut who's basically stranded with no chance of survival creates his own future by figuring things out left for dead yeah yeah totally gone and how he uses elements that are helpful in business like teamwork and resourcefulness and planning and calculations and simulations and you'll see how you can use this particular book to take yourself from where you are now mm -hmm. to creating something almost out of nothing 
Yeah. And that's what I love from going from something that's almost nothing to something that's significant and relevant. And then he, he, uh, the momentum he creates by these little wins, um, falls in line with so many of the different books we already looked at. Yeah, so many times. So, let, I mean, let's start with that then. Let's start with resourcefulness and how, you know, he survives by taking the things that are around him, like limited um, resources, machinery, technology, and almost repurposing that to stay alive, to, to sort of recreate his surroundings. And my mind went to, you know, obviously it's less extreme than me being an astronaut on Mars fighting for my survival. But, you know, I, my mind went back to starting a business even before there was even before I was making any money. Uh, the idea of being a creator, being a storyteller, being a speaker and learning all these things, like learning how to use Final Cut, learning how to use a mirrorless and DSLR camera, learning how to edit audio, learning how to do all these things, color grade, all this crazy stuff, and, and repurposing things and, and making stuff work, um, which every entrepreneur, every creative, anyone starting out to do anything, like things don't line up for you right away. You know, right. It's like you got to manufacture that momentum, like you said. Yeah. Reminds me of the famous uh, quote by Mike Tyson, because everything in NASA to this day is planned out to the T. And there's a famous interview where Mike Tyson was asked by, I think it was Buster Mathis, he says uh, he had a plan, and Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until I punch you in the face. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they had a plan to go to Mars to set up all, all this research, and they put, it, put together a, basically a dream team. There's thousands and thousands of astronauts put in for a selection to be chosen for what was a team of six. And they're multidisciplined people, but they put together and they built a plan, and they had this massive, perfect plan. I always seen people when I was trying to bring on new team members, they always come with this ideal world plan. Mm. Well, the world's not ideal. And they found out shortly after they landed in this in this book where they got a, a massive storm they didn't anticipate and they didn't have um, the ability to survive it, so they aborted the mission almost almost immediately. Yeah, and that's when he gets left behind. So they left and they left him behind. They thought he was dead, and he had uh, very limited resources to survive because a lot of the things were destroyed. So that's where the whole thing starts, and it's about life or death. You know, and business is not necessarily life or death, but he had what he had to win, and he had to figure it out. Yeah. And that's where it all, it all starts with, with being resourceful, starting with what you have. Because a lot of people in a perfect ideal world have plenty of capital. They have plenty of technology. They have the ability to turn work around quickly. They know how to do everything needed to do the job. But the reality is that's not always the case. Sometimes we don't have the resources. Sometimes we don't have the, the, the staff, the expertise, and you got to make it happen. You got to figure it out. Yeah. You got to be the, the solution to a lot of things. You got to wear a lot of hats. And he wore every single hat because he was a crew of one now. Right. And when you're in business early on, especially, or even if you're mature, you know, you never have the crew that you want, the dream team. So you got to figure things out. And I love that. The most of the most of anything, how he, he took something that was available and he made it work for the problem he had in front of him. Yeah. And what do you um, think, like, because he did wear, he wore a ton of hats. He, he went outside of his area of expertise, mm -hmm. but like he also let his strengths guide him, right? So like as a botanist, he doesn't have food, he doesn't have a lot of things, but he, he takes potatoes and knows, you know, exactly how to, how to grow them and how to, you know, and that ultimately saved his life. 
And so, like, part of being resourceful is taking the things that you do have, to your point, and, like, going all in on that, writing that. Um, while you, you kind of, you wear a lot of hats in sort of a mediocre you know, you're, you're doing what you can around you while driving what you're best at. Right. Um, the big problem he had is that the, the, it takes two or two years to get to Mars in, the, in, in this environment. So they can't just send another ship to get him. So he's got to stay alive for two years. A long time. You know, yeah. Let's say it was two years. I'm not sure the number. But he only had enough food for 60 days. You know, there, it was a you know a thirty day mission, so they had enough food for sixty days for a bunch of people. He could stretch it out a little further, but he didn't have enough food, so he's going to die. And the potatoes were sent. Uh, usually, food. I guess he explains it quite simply that food's sent in vacuum packs. You know, they're because it's very lightweight. They just add a little bit of water, and they had a machine that made water. But they sent real potatoes because the crew would be there for Thanksgiving. So the only thing he had that could possibly turn into additional food was the potato. But there's no bacteria on Mars. There's no soil on Mars. So he also figured out how to create uh, fertilizer. Right. You know, he repurposed his own, you know, his own poop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he made no his own fertilizer, and, that, and he yeah. used fertilizer from, you know, the the, the crew that was there. Right. Um, so he figured it out, and he, he he was able to make enough food to, on a couple different occasions, to 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 live a little longer. What I love most about this book is how he had a million problems. He had It seemed like problem after problem. Impossible, right, looking right. at it holistically? Yeah, he had oxygen issues, he had water issues, and he had, but the biggest issue he had, he always handled first. He prioritized the problem. Right. Um, you know, the, 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 one of them, it's a very big misunderstood word, is priority. Uh, about a few hundred years ago, if you look at the etymology of priority, it means the one. Like, there is no such thing as priorities. Priority is the one, the one and only thing. Right. Um, and he does that quite nicely. Uh, but now priorities means a lot of different things. But he was able to put first things first and, 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 and focus on that problem because if that one didn't work, nothing worked. Yeah. And that's what's amazing because on, 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 its, on its face, right, you have a guy on a foreign planet alone at one point with no communication to Earth, with Earth. Right. And it just seems it's too big. It's too big to conquer. And, you know, I've felt like that. And I know a lot of people feel like that. It's like the end goal is just too monumental. Mm -hmm. And in this book is a, a great walkthrough of, well, on day one, you don't need to leave Mars. What do you need to do? You need to figure out how to, you know, reproduce food. Right. Then you need to figure out how to, you know, get in the little car the rover and travel a little bit and come back and so like things expand a little bit and as days go by or souls as he calls them on mars um his world opens up and it's little by little what seemed insane right when he was left there mm -hmm. for dead with the hole in his suit it becomes tangible um and that's what i love right yeah and we've dealt with that we both deal with that oh, same mean, with steve i mean five year ten year plans i've seen them they look great on paper, and they seem to make sense, but we don't live in years at a time. We don't live in weeks at a time. Right. You know, week, five-week plan, 10-week plan, 90-day plan. We, win, we live daily, hourly. So it's not a, you know, I used to say for financial planning, it's to speak to a, a massive problem is you make assumptions in financial planning that you're going to have a certain amount of money, your expenses are going to be very predictable, and... 
you're going to get certain rates of return, and the government's going to run their their uh, the business of a government to have a, a predictable amount of inflation. Right. And you look at it, and you're either going to retire on time and have a happy life or not. Well, the life life isn't ideal. It's not a 20 year plan. Okay, it's 20 perfect one year plans. Mm. It's not a one year plan. It's 365 perfect one day plans. And he, in this book, he goes to look at the problem and breaks it all the way down to. Um, he first he identifies a problem, then he then he kind of goes into his little uh, his little lab and does testing and scenarios and sees whether or not it works before he takes the risk of trying to solve the problem. Yeah. One at, one at a time. It's amazing. And, and the runners know that too. Uh, it's like, you know, the your, your 365 days metaphor. Well, it's like, how scary is it to think about running 26.2 miles? I mean, that's just, it's on its face. It's overwhelming. Anyone can run one step, right? Anyone right. can manage one day. It's, it's and, and, and I love that he really hits that home. It's like, and he says it too, like over and over and over again. He's like, well, I'm not exactly sure how this is going to play out, but tomorrow um, I know what I need to do. Right. Yeah, you he know? plans his whole, he plans each day to the next day. Uh, it's quite interesting as you look at, you know, if you ever could close your eyes for a second and say you're, you're stranded on a planet, you can't communicate, you have certain abilities, you don't have other abilities. Right. So the things he didn't know how to do, he figured out and tested how to do. And the things he knew how to do, he leveraged to the maximum. Um, but he always just started with the small win. Yeah. You know, like, and if I, if, I, if I make enough food to last another month, I'll have another month to figure out how to make enough food to last longer. Right. He was never trying to solve the entire problem. Like in the metaphor of the domino, these big dominoes, uh, as you, you know, knocking over the big domino, you can't, a little two-inch domino can't knock over a three-foot-tall domino. Right. It can't, it, but it can knock over a three-inch domino. And, you know, to buy yourself some time in business, uh, you know, I know, I remember a bunch of times we didn't have enough cash flow to figure out, you know, how to pay next month's bills or rents early on. So we had to make enough money to live li literally week at a time sometimes. Mm. Bar beg borrowing and doing whatever it took to, to create revenue and cash flow. Reduce expenses or, or find money. Being resourceful at his best, yeah, right? Just yeah. like him. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't have enough food. Well, what can I do? I can cut calories. Yeah. What can I do? I can figure out how to make it hotter so that my body, uh, you know, uses less energy to burn calories. Or, right. you know, not, that's not what I meant to say. Burns less calories, cooling. Right, so, right. Um, and so it, it ties into, uh, and I have a question for you, right? It ties into like the next theme, which is he does it, NASA does it, everyone does it, where under pressure they have, it's like, yes, we have to say yes, we have to agree to doing this, mm -hmm. and now we know we have 30 days to figure it out. So it's like backfilling the promise, kind of like our, our boy Weintraub. Right. He says yes, and then he fills it out. Oh, yeah. You know, so like in your experience, cause I, and I always go back to this because it's, it's such a transformational experience that not a lot of people go through, right? right? Where you almost died and then recreated yourself, recreated your business, and have been on this path, this ascent back up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and so was there a point there for you where it was like, you know, sort of doing the unknown, like moving forward without knowing what it would look like? Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, that's a loaded I question. I didn't expect that question. <laughs> What reminded me of it, I got a, a call for employment 
you know, re-employment opportunity today. I'm right. in the car with a friend, and the phone rings. I go, oh, that's this company. They're trying to hire me. It's like, it's nice to feel good, because I, I went from being hero to zero. You know, and, you know, the way you fall, and you go down, and you're, and you're not, by any means, even on anyone's radar to even live, let right. alone be re-employed. So that was kind of interesting today. But it's perfect our, timing for yeah, the question. 20, <laughs> 26 May, you know, a doctor told me I, I was... I was I was in liver failure. They told me I was going to, you know, he later told me I was going to be dead within, I think he said six months. Right. And, and I had this big company, this complicated company to run. So I had to figure out a plan to have that run, you know, so I didn't destroy my life's work. So I have someone run it. And we looked at a, a couple of bridges and I ended up uh, making a decision within a very short period of time. My life's work, 25 years you know, I decided in a relatively short period of time, I stabilized that situation, and then I had to survive. So now you got to look at how does someone labeled alcoholic get a liver transplant? So I did a little research. The average liver transplant waiting was 321 days at the time, and I only had six months. Uh, so I had to act quick. Get it. No, I mean, the next thing was I had to get in a transplant center. You got to get listed. Mm. So that was it. it was, everything was about getting listed. And to get listed, you got to do a number of things. You got to, you know, you got to do relapse prevention. You got to go through a, a medical screening and everything else. And once that's done, you got to get, you got to wait it out and get in the right area to get transplanted. So it was more helpful for me to be in the south. Uh, in fact, the. Um, and so you moved. I moved. Yeah, yeah. I literally moved. To, to the southeastern United States, which at the time, the laws changed since, that there was more organs in Southeast America than there was in Northeast America. I probably, if I stayed in Northeast, I'd probably be gone. Um, and then, of course, you, you know, then you, 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 Mayo Clinic keeps you alive long enough. They kept me alive a little longer, so the thing happened. A prisoner died, and everything happened, and they extract the organ, they harvest it in Alabama, put it in me in Jacksonville. I survived. Mm-hmm. Four days later, I go into rejection. I, you know, the new organs rejecting. I don't know if everyone told you that. So that was like the first piece of bad news after I had something really cool happened. So in this book, he has a win, and then within two seconds of the win, he gets another loss. Something explodes in his face. Yeah, yeah. and that's 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 life. And I've had a few of those even since. Answered a long question is. You know, I never lost sight of what I wanted to do. I wanted to come back, recreate myself, uh, reestablish myself, do something more purposeful and meaningful with my second chance. And that was the ultimate vision. But that's always been down to the day. Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do today? To speak to one of our earlier books, what today can I do um, that makes whatever I have to do tomorrow either easier or unnecessary? Yeah. And that and that's it was breaking it down one at a time using whatever I had because I didn't have unlimited resources. Easier or unnecessary, I like that. Yeah. So he, you know, he did that. He figured out the very best probability of success. Yeah. And put it in play. Um, and many cases, like I got lucky for sure. Easily could not be here. So the world had a the universe conspired, so to speak, to speak to the alchemist. Our first book, the universe conspired as well. Right. Yeah, luck was. tends to come to people with a certain mindset. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, you you help your odds. Yeah, yeah, you do. But there were a lot of things to unpack that I think are important. Like you talked about not getting flustered or or getting upset when things blew up. You know what I mean? Like kind of expecting it. Yeah. And then you just it you realize it's life, and you handle it, and you move on, not expecting things to be perfect or incredible. 
you know, when they are, you're definitely thankful and you cherish those times, but it's almost like you look at them as the exception, and then the stuff that blows up in your face is sort of the rule, it's the standard. Things aren't perfect. Yeah. You know? Well, the the, um, premeditated, Premeditatorium was from the obstacles delay. It was like let's pretend this, let's pretend the worst happened. Mm-hmm. Remember they were pr- talking about launching a product and it was going to launch in a week, and the CEO came in and said our product just failed, it just bombed, and everyone said it didn't even launch yet. He's like, well let's pretend it failed. So they simulated the failure of it. Right. And there's a a process uh, psychologists called mental contrasting. And it's when you envision a goal that you also envision probable obstacles and failures along the way. People that do that and anticipate the problems do better statistically than people that just kind of will it into existence like the law of attraction. Right. Statistically. If you believe that you really hit the goal. So he had to believe, I got to think, he had to believe that he was going to survive because he believed in himself. Tons of self-belief. Yeah. You know you can do it. And if you're out there looking to start a business, confidence in your own ability to f- persevere and the persistence to keep trying and testing things is so big. Just taking everything in stride. Like, it's, it's, I almost felt like I had an emotional attachment to that. Like, the way, because I'm, I'm a lot better at it now, but I worked hard to get to that point where it's like things happen and you, you remove the emotion and you, because the first thing is always like, why me? Yeah. why me or like why is this happening or whose fault it but when it's like okay it's life and then you look around you and you you handle it and so he even has times where he freaks out and screams and gets angry and then he comes back he's like okay that felt good now time to handle what's around us and uh and i love that because when you one expect um uh issues or when you expect these things and it becomes par for the course, you become a lot better at, at handling it. You know, yeah. it's a skill. It's something you truly build up and you work towards. Yeah, I got a negative comment on one of my videos today. Yeah? And I was like, I'll... Shouldn't even be looking at it. <laughs> Shouldn't even be looking at <laughs> Well, out. I remember when we first met, you, you, that was one of the hardest things you had to deal with, right? It was a big block, The yeah. criticism. Yeah, right. Um, particularly if you're putting yourself out there. And well, something that's so personal to you, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it's... Um, <laughs> It's like your life. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like, I don't think he, you know, his life or death situation, I don't think he cared, but in something like, because uh, I've seen you stretch yourself a little bit in the last probably year more so than a lot of people. For sure. You were yeah. settled in comfortable. You started a lot of new ventures. And that, you know, we did a live event. We're doing this. This, this show didn't exist. Uh, what? October. That's brand it, new. It didn't exist. Like, That's nothing. It was an idea. Now it's a real thing. You know, we have a, a real thing. Yeah. For, for me, it was the business pivot, like the workshops we do and going into these corporations and, and, and just, it's a different <laughs> world, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's been the, the biggest pivot. One of my favorite uh, Ed Panero stories is when, uh, I'll tell you this, Steve, because you weren't there. We, we were doing a, a meeting for a group of executives in Tampa, and Eddie had his, uh, his famous Boston Red Sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had the red sleeve shirt, right. and he walked in there, and they're all looking to him like he's the... the like, they, they took him completely serious because of all the authority he had, you know, in his life. 
Like it doesn't That's make great. a difference. Wait, you know, because he was himself. He was it's right. a, it was his brand. But you, you know, they're all sitting around. And, I'll and, never and Sue, forget that. And Sue's looking at him, <laughs> saying like, "What do we do?" Like, yeah. like, like I was walking in with with green skin or something. Was the way they looked at me at first. It was like, oh man. Well, one of my buddies told me to go, go take you out and get you a yeah, shirt. He's like, "That guy, go go dress that guy." <laughs> <laughs> It was good. Remember when I uh, didn't wear socks? I was wearing the the, oh. the high cut short, the pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classy thing, though. I know. No socks with um, Low dress first. shoes. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I was. Yeah. Like, you had. You also had. You looked like you had a uh, little Pippi Long stockings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that. Oh, oh, they were rolled up to the calves. No. I'm, I'm like normally in a suit, and I don't even have a tie anymore. But you know, I'm trying to recreate my brand as well. I don't want to be seen as that. And you two roll in like like uh, you just got out of a off a surfboard. <laughs> hey, if you own it, right? <laughs> yeah. But the answer it doesn't make a difference. And I don't know. The the point being is you be yourself, I guess. Be yourself, and if you know what you're doing and you position yourself with enough authority, you're good. Yeah. Um, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was interesting. But um, where where do we dive off? Oh, we were talking about like how you handle the, the adversity. And I, so like, okay, here's a side note. Cause we always have fun when we do it. Like we, like we take it seriously, but we don't, right. you know? And I think that's one of the things this guy, and I always just for, for reference, right? Again, this is a dude alone on Mars. It was a very high probability of death. Okay. That makes your problems less serious. It's like someone got to the moon, right? That means, Building a business is not that monumental. Right. But anyway, so he's, he's on Mars facing death every single day. Can't breathe. The, the, the planet's essentially trying to kill him, and he's joking, and he's yeah. having fun and, like, just taking things in stride. And it makes me think, like, oh, my God, I got to send this email out. It's an email. Who cares? Right. Relax. Or a post. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's Instagram. Don't take yourself too seriously. Can't. He had a good time. Yeah. Like he was having it a good time like with himself. It, yeah. Like he was entertaining himself. He's there like a, over a year by himself. Have you ever been in jail? I haven't. I, you have not? I got PC'd in high school. Oh, you did. That's it. Okay, yeah. I did too. And uh, this was college. And I got stuck there for like, I think, it was, I think it was there over a day. And I'll never forget it because. Felt it, lonely? Well, I wasn't lonely because I had a, a real criminal with me. <laughs> And he snuck. Oh, a real No, he was a real <laughs> criminal. Like he was there. He, just, you know, he knew everything about it. Like, you yeah. know. But one thing, we were there a long time. He goes, you want to want to play a game? I go, yeah. We were there for hours. And he had a nickel somehow. And he, he, he said, this is a game we play in jail. And they throw it against the wall. They throw it. You got to hit the wall. And then you get a point for who lands closer to the wall with hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've played that with marbles. Yeah, it's, it was, it was in jail. And this <laughs> was what a... And, you know, the, my point being is you know, the environment had... Four walls. I remember it was four walls, a toilet, and a bed. And we're sitting on the ground against one of the walls. And we played that game for a couple hours and and had a blast. We laughed. Yeah. We occupied time. Um, And and he does this (laughs) because he has a lot of... Because you can't work the whole time because of the oxygen and Mars. I mean, I've not been there lately, but my understanding (laughs) is you can't work. That was the story that you have to get rest. And when he got rest, he figured out ways to entertain himself. He had a good time. By the way, you can use Mars as a uh, geotag on uh, on Instagram. Mars? I use Mars to geotag something. What's that right? mean? Like, you know how we put Hollywood Beach a lot yeah. for our location? You oh. can put Mars. 
Mars, comma, planet. That'd be good for the stalkers that are uh, out there. <laughs> yeah, well, we're on yeah, Mars. You probably got more stalkers than anyone. Uh, I guess. You got that, that, that chiseled body that I keep oh, seeing on your little Instagram account. <laughs> I'll hide it, I guess. No. We find it mean anything you're airbrushing. Well, I'm not, not yet. It's going to be hard. We're going to have to get the reverse filter. You know, we got to do a review, put you in jail for the weekend. We <laughs> We're going to have to do the reverse filter uh, app. We got to come oh, up with that. Whatever. What's that? Take all What's the ripples the out, of his, out of his abs. Oh, make you chunky? <laughs> no, no. so we can see if it's filtered or not. Oh, yeah. I wanted to... I don't, this is a, an idea. Like All these filters, are people look different than I know they really do. I was going to create an app. This is a freebie for someone who's a, a, a scientist <laughs> or whatever that removes the filter from these pictures. Mm. So it brings someone back to the real picture. Level playing fields. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really. It's a multi million dollar I don't idea. Use any filters. You know, I can't take the scars out and the, 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 the chins, whatever. Oh, my God. I'm good, though. <laughs> but he had fun. I think they call it irreverence, right? Because he also had fun with, uh, he was, after a while, of course, he's in basically the military, right? You got to follow orders. Like NASA tells you to do something. So he started playing with them, too. He made a game out of that, too. He had a blast with them, yeah, uh, like throwing stuff back and forth. Talk about Mindy. Yeah. The, the character Mindy, I love her. So she plays a role. I mean, she has one point specifically um, that I'm pretty sure you're alluding to. Um, but, but So she is the one that she works for NASA. She's kind of a low-tier employee as far as their mm-hmm. hierarchy goes. And she's monitoring the planet, and she's they think he's dead. And she notices, wait a minute, some things up there you know, by all the material machinery and stuff that they left, it's moved a little bit. And she kind of puts together, like, he survived, and he's using these pieces Mm -hmm. to... But there's a delay system. So things that happen on Mars that are seen on the satellites, it takes, like, 17 minutes to get back to Mindy so that she can see. And so when they figure out communication and they're talking to to Mark Watney, the astronaut on Mars, there's a 17-minute delay. Right. And so someone in uh, a, a higher up, I don't remember if he was the head of NASA or some department, but you know, it's another situation where he goes, Mindy, I need that. It can't be a 17-minute lag. I need it to be four minutes. And mm-hmm. she goes, okay. And has no idea, again, same concept, no idea how she's going to do it, but backfield, you know, like Richard Branson, he says, say yes and figure out how later. Right. Um, and that's an important important theme throughout the book, important theme for entrepreneurs. Like, you don't always have the answers. Yeah, like, how does, how did Jeff Bezos, how does Jeff Bezos get a case of water? I ordered it yesterday. I get a case of water the other day. And the same day, I know it didn't go on an airplane. He figured it out, right? Right, right. So they have these, uh, you, can, you can literally figure out anything, but, I mean, to the point with Mindy, I, I, I'm just a, Amazed that that water came through the mail on Amazon for less, basically the same price at a yeah, grocery store. You were staring at it for like. <laughs> I don't understand it. I was like, how is it possible? But they made it possible. Obviously, they they figured it out. But Mindy, um, that character Mindy makes the, if with no Mindy he dies. Right. Right. Cause yeah. She, she's aware, and she's actually looking for his dead body because they, they they're, they're scanning the planet to see where he ended up and they never found him but she was aware enough to know something moved and he and it, he had to have moved it and then they they activate this communication because one of the ideas with that communication to to talk to you know, onto your point is they only had a little bit of time to communicate so he had to do it in 
in very short bursts. How do, I forget how they communicated. They they communicated with uh, one lines or something. It sort of improved. They improved over time, but at the very beginning is what you're talking about. Yeah, they, like, he he could always say like, "I'm alive." Please tell me what you know what to do. Right. Yeah, and they 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 started with very limited communications, but got tons of of um, you know tons of uh, interactions. They figured it out how to communicate. Yeah. And how to, you know how to make that happen as a team? That was really cool. Yeah, it is cool. And speak to teamwork. Um, you know, when you're assembling your team, um, you know, sometimes you gotta train people. You know, which means you gotta bring people on and, and teach them things. And sometimes you gotta acquire talent. And not the easiest thing in the world to do uh, is put a good team together. But if you look at all the all the moving parts in NASA that they had to bring him home. Uh, by the way, good thing they liked him. Yeah. Because at the end of the book, I think they <laughs> there's a point there. It's like make sure you're well liked in life because if you're stuck somewhere, and that, let's pretend you're not even stuck in in uh, in Mars. Let's pretend you're, you're you're stuck in like Africa. You know, you got hurt in a safari. safari. Does your company like you enough to send a, a <laughs> medevac team to a go jerk. get you? Leave them there. Yeah, or insurgents capture you. Or are they gonna come get you? Right. But it's all about you know they 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 wanted him home and he became popular and he he had a little message that that he shared and they conspired and spent hundreds of millions of dollars to bring him home. You said this the other day and and I laughed at the time, but I mean it's it's one hundred percent true. You're like you gain nothing from being a jerk. There's a, there's, a, there's no there's, there's all that no negative upside. optionality at its best. Like right. uh, the downside of being an an a hole is immense. Right. Uh, most most times you don't have to be one, and so many people are for some reason. I don't know why. It's amazing. It ama- like particularly you know navigating through you know some of these conversations we're having in right. in the business world. It's like if you were just a little bit more decent, so many doors would open up. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's my thought process. So many times, um, yeah. but I don't know. I guess I guess uh, that Steve Jobs biography kind of. Uh, painted a picture for people where they feel like they can act a certain way. Well, he's yeah. one of the, like the only example in the world where it ever worked. Right. And the people that worked with him loved him. Right. They, they knew he was... Well, respected him. Yeah. They respected was, him. They knew who he was. Right. They understood him. I guess that might be it, too. Respected and understood that this guy's going to lead us. Uh, there's lots of ways to get a result. Right. You know, of course, Mark Watney was very well-liked in the, in the book because the crew... Wanted to come back and get them. If they didn't like them, you think they all would have? It was a voluntary, right? Yeah, you know, that's the reason they put him on with the group partially is because he was so well liked and, and yeah. his humor and it helped camaraderie. Yeah, team team building is about that. To my point, you know, putting assembling a team is very, very specialized. You got to be super aware of the dynamic of teams that you put together, personalities, right. um, you know, how they complete one another. But but you know you ever playing a really good team over the years? Oh yeah, you did rowing. That's a very this one right here. Yeah, rowing. Yeah, this is a great team. This little this is a very small team, but three di- you couldn't meet three different people in the world you know, that are conspiring to to share a, ve- a message. But we we really we were lacking someone with you know six pack well defined abs. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> jump, jumps like a Mexican jumping bean. Well, anyway, actually, I, I do have a <laughs> on question. That note. I'm pushing it up, but I have a text that's actually on teamwork, sort of. Um, so I wanted to uh, throw it at you guys. Uh, but first, if you guys have a question, this podcast uh, gave you any questions, feel free to text in at 754-273-6069. Leave a text, leave a voicemail, but this one was right on what you guys were saying. So 
It says it seems he persevered to go it alone since he had to and was stuck on the planet. How do you know when you need a team or when you need to take on these tasks in your by yourself in your own business? Mm. Well, um, I I mean I can speak from my personal journey. It's like a team. You don't realize. So I thought for a while, you know, I like to have control over so much of what I do, and and I thought for a long time, you know, I I want to keep doing this myself because. It gives me that create creativity, and and it's. I realize how naive that was because once a team was established for for the content that I'm creating, and and you get people on the same page with how you like things right. edited, and um, you grow, you scale so fast. Right. Um, so it's it's almost like as soon as you're able to, as soon as you have the resources to make that step, I I would advocate, and and I'm thinking you'll agree with me that you know the sooner you can put a team in place, the better because the possibilities just increase exponentially. Yeah. You know. Well, there's a couple couple forces of nature at, at working against you when it comes to trying to be everything to everybody. The first one is excessive self-regard. Mm. We think we're better at something than we really are. Right. Uh, you can't be the best in the world at everything. There are very few people that really were. Um in, in sports, you, 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 there was so few triple crown winners, you know, in, in, in horse racing. There was so few. And, that, and that, that horse has to win a three different races to win the triple crown. And then the, the triple crown of baseball was RBIs, batting average, and home runs, I think, right? Very few people did that. And in basketball, it's the same thing. If you're a leader and you want to do everything, you may as well be a solopreneur. Because what happens when you do someone else's job, that, that's something they do every single day. And I was always adequate at certain things. I could get away with it. In fact, some people wouldn't even know I wasn't as good as the person that I, I stepped in front of. And I did it a lot. Piss, you piss people off. Right. First of all, you piss people off and you don't let them do their job. And it's bad leadership because you rob the organization of what your best, highest use is, which is usually... Whatever it is you you've designed, you know yeah. your your best player is always you, but your best player can't play all the positions. So if you're building a team, you want to grow rich in your niche uh, and have the wisdom to recognize the cognitive biases at play, it's excessive self-regard, thinking you're better than you really are, confirmation bias. Um, those are all big part of um, you know assembling a team. It allows you to to, to think about. Um, I went through that exact same thing. It allows you to think about what you're truly good at, what your strengths truly are, mm -hmm. and you know, minimizing or handing off the other things allows you to become exceptional at your one thing, right. Gary Keller, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a huge part. The time you get back. Well, you're not even, it's not even like you're disregarding the other things. You're actually putting people in those places that are boosting the other right. things. So you can see, obviously, the exponential curve there yeah. just by painting that picture. There's a, um, there's a big mistake you could make in your life. Uh, you could end up, you know, going through the, the way, to, way to the world is to make money to survive, right? That's a need. Happiness isn't possible without survival. And the way that people want to do that is they go out and they get an expertise or a trade that they can trade with the world. That's what trade is. Something you can trade for resources. Uh, and a lot of times that shows up as a job. And 
and then someone wants to be, so you're an employee of someone else's, and then you go on to be, you know, perhaps you want to go out on your own, you become self-employed. Mm-hmm. That, be, that means you become your own employee. And, and a lot of people that are self-employed think they have a business, and it's not a business. Okay, and this is where teamwork comes in. Like in my early days, knocking on doors, yeah. you know, they gave me a book with a pencil and a calculator where we could calculate the premiums, and we'd knock on doors and see if anybody wanted to buy insurance. And if they said yes, we'd pull out the calculator and we'd write the application, we'd drag it back to the office, and then hand it in and wait for it to get paid, and I get paid. Yeah. But while I was doing everything else, no new sales were make were happening. Years later, I ended up having you know hundreds of people out there because I built systems to train them to you know to bring clients in and to process business all at once. And you start with one, you go from zero to one, so you get proof of concept with your idea. So let's pretend uh, you know we have M three, our new product. You know how to you know what what what's your message? How to build your message? How to you know decide what model you're going to you're going to build, mm-hmm. you know, how you're going to monetize your message and the media, how you're going to spread the word. That's an M3 product. Um, it all started with just one idea. You know, we didn't start with massive messages. It's just we, this message, really, here's how we share our voice and we build a business around it. Exactly. exactly. That's kind of it. Got another question for you. Um, talks about, question is, Mark talks about loneliness in the movie, and it reminded me success can be lonely road in entrepreneurship. How do you know if your business you're creating will be worth it? I mean, I, you, you don't. You don't. I mean, it's, it's, self, it's self-belief, and, and success is lonely because it requires a certain amount of dedication and commitment that means you're going to lack in other areas. It's impossible to give... 14 hours a day to something you truly believe in that doesn't exist yet while you're having an amazing social life, right? The two just, you know, in that people talk about trials and tribulations all the time, you know, building this business for me, um, last, the last, you know, this year has been a lot better because things are, are, are picking up the almost an extent where I feel like I've been waiting for this to happen. And it's fun because you're seeing things pay off, but as little as a year to two years ago, I was, I was having, you know, a lot of trouble with the, the social side of things. Like I've just sacrificed so much to be able to put all of my day, all of my time, all of myself into something that you feel it, you know, you pay for it at a certain level. And so you know, to answer the question, it's it's sacrifice. And if your goal is to have an amazing time and, you know, the best social life you've ever imagined, don't be an entrepreneur <laughs> because it's it's a different road and it's a different road for a reason, you know. Well, there are two things that come to mind. The first thing was the, uh, is it the monster tease from last week's book, the guy that shaved half of his head until yes. he, he buried himself in the, he shaved half of his head so that he could, Practice. He couldn't go out in public till he got it right. Shamed I, himself. Yeah, he practicing. shamed himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it took time. And you know, this is a lonely road, but it's worth it, right? Yes. It's, it's 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 the price you pay to turn the key on your own business and that lifestyle that we're selling so heavily to have your lifestyle be the center of your life and business revolves around it. Right. You build your business around your lifestyle. The second idea is the concept, and I. I've had a difficult time confirming this, that the Chinese bamboo tree mm. grows 
underneath the ground for five years. The roots, it takes the roots five years. They fertilize it for five years and it grows and it grows all by itself underneath the ground. And in eight weeks, it sprouts up 80 feet. Yep. That's entrepreneurship. Like that's what happens. It takes time and patience and strategy and failures and celebrating and crying yeah. to get the result that you want to get. It's all there. Be like the Chinese bamboo tree. It means you got to eat your pride. Yep. You know, it means you got to be okay not knowing. Yeah. You suck it up. The bamboo thing is perfect. Yeah. That's, that's a great metaphor. And then I heard someone say that bamboo is not a tree. Oh, they can whatever. It's it's not an angry person screwing up an awesome story. (laughs) Imagine taking time out of your day to comment bamboo is actually not a tree. (laughs) Just imagine. That's that guy that the the spaceship (laughs) wouldn't turn around for because he's an a-hole. Exactly. Have fun on Mars. He's an an a-hole. So if you're that person, (laughs) stop doing that. Stop. You guys want to take a voicemail? Yeah, we got any? Yeah, yeah, we got one. We got a couple, actually. Cool. Oh, we got to take Yeah, you go grab your headphones. This is my favorite part. I, I look we like have Mark a couple. Watney. We have a couple voicemails, but we have a few more texts as well. Hey Steve, let's you, do some voicemails. Are you uh, are you an underwear model like that Marky Mark guy? Not yet. Don't you have like that going on? I'm. I mean, working on it. Just kidding. Are right, you ready? Yep. Tell me hey guys, John here. Uh, love the podcast. Love all the messaging. I actually read The Martian. It's a great book. I love it. Um, I was wondering if you guys could elaborate on how it, how it uh, coordinates the business. Thanks. Keep up the good work. So kind of touched on that a lot, but maybe like there's like a th- couple, three points or something like that, because that's one of the texts, three points that could touch on business. Another question was that. The great news is we can say, just listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, my, my Three big takeaways? Three maybe? big ones? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I think resourcefulness is definitely... Definitely one of the bigger ones. Anticipating problems. Yep. Like, don't let the failure of one thing deter your, your, your journey. You know, you're going to have setbacks. Anticipate. If, yeah, if you want them, like, uh, there's something called a mistake learner's high. People that really are in their zone, in flow, they like a mistake. Like Edison, mm, when he was the eliminating the, 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 the hay in the, in the haystack looking for the needle, he'd eliminate one. He'd actually get a charge out of that. He liked it. Yeah. That's the, that's the take on Edison. I just watched his, his other movie. He loved, he loved being thorough. Um, it'll happen. That, the, that, that's one. The house burning down is too good to not talk about. When his, when his, his uh, oh, workshop yeah. was on fire and right. people, like everything he'd worked on was inside, mm-hmm. and he ran up, and everyone's crowded around. He comes up, and he looks at it, and, and people expect him to have a breakdown, and he goes, was it his wife? He goes, get the son, kids, yeah. and, you know, they got to see this. They'll never see a fire <laughs> like this again because it's, it, you know, it's a lost cause. It's that, done. So just embrace it. Yeah. When you see a disaster, like, be the only one in there not freaking out because when you freak out, you're dealing with two problems. You're dealing with the problem and the freaking out. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're so. creating more hell. Yeah. Um, hey, something you mentioned uh, in one of your last answers that we didn't talk about during this mm-hmm. is he put systems in place to succeed. Like with, with waking up and with, with right. growing the potatoes and making sure that, you know, he's got enough oxygen and he mm-hmm. sort of jimmy rigs all these things, but he puts systems in place that ensure his success. Right. It's survival and success, right? Right. But entrepreneur businesses operate with systems, you know, successful ones. Yeah. Entrepreneurs put systems in place to succeed. Your 
uh, you know, insurance agency blew up when you put effective systems in place that yeah. got more to more people. Yep. Um, so that's cool. That's that's an important one. Algorithms. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, you brought this out quicker, but I would have brought it up too, is, uh, you know, one, we're kind of one thing at a time. Steps. Yeah. You know, one, you can't, multitasking doesn't exist. You can only really work on one thing at a time. Um, you can have things pegged out, but what's that one thing? Knock it over. And, you know, that's a, that those three things will, uh, you know, if you never listen to another business podcast or a, read a business book, if you think about those three things, being resourceful, one thing at a time, and anticipating failure, you're in a good place. Agreed. You kind of answered your question. Yeah, you kind of answered the next question I have too, but it, it talks about, um, I'll, I'll read it to you. So it says, um, while it highlights the key is to adapt and react positively, seeing these uncontrollable issues as a means to a new path versus roadblocks, how do you recommend balancing this acceptance with staying confident and energized while working towards the goal? How does one go from letting the idea of the uncontrollable terrorize them to letting it excite them? It's kind of like a mindset shift, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's the obstacles away. You want to take that? Yeah, I mean, you turn, you turn in the, I, we used to get it with phone calls when people, you'd call them during dinner and they'd tell you, to, and they'd say all kinds of nice things to you, like you're interrupting their dinner to tell them life insurance. Oh, I can imagine. And the salesman's creed is every no is one step closer to a yes, but we actually, we actually had a system in place. We built a system to reward something for good behavior because the money didn't show up at the same time. And this is what, just talk to the bamboo. You know, as you're, as you're fertilizing the bamboo plant, the bamboo plant is pollinating and festering, getting ready to go. There's no evidence that the thing's going to happen. So we used to assign a point to getting a no. We used to assign a point to knocking on a door and someone telling you to leave. So at the end of the week, we would we would compare points instead of money. Like, I got 50 points. Right. And we knew <clears throat> if you got 50 points and they were real, you're going to make money at some point. You just didn't get paid yet. So you got to have a reward system to make yourself feel good about something that didn't happen yet that the good strategy you know will produce a result. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Delayed gratification, I think. It's instant gratification versus delayed. I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would echo that. I mean, I g- everything that went wrong, anything that goes wrong, so quote unquote goes wrong, um, y- it's only negative when you insert the negativity. So like, you know, for YouTube creators, for example, that's a big part of my world. You spend a lot of time, energy, you put out a video, you think it's going to change the world. No one cares. Okay. You could say, well, something went wrong. Or you can say, all right, now I know what doesn't work. Um, I'm better at creating video. I understand things that I didn't. Right. It's like, Every failure has a lesson, mm-hmm. and I know that's cliche, right? Every failure teaches you something, but all those little lessons, when you stack them up, that's what differentiates a Bezos from someone that never had the courage to make those mistakes. Right. And so you need them. Um, and so when you look at it as like, yes, this is getting me to um, that exceptional um, status, or it's getting me to greatness faster, there's really no other way to look at it but positively, you know? Right. Um, so that's my, my answer. We have one more voicemail, or is that it? We have another voicemail, but it's it's very similar. It's, it has it has the same question about how does this book re- uh, pertain to business. Okay. Um, and the other voicemails are just from the other podcast, but 
I'll add to to what we because we talk about you know putting something out there that someone doesn't like, mm-hmm. and I've seen you put out like amazing artistic messaging that is fantastic. One does it badly, while the next one that's more simplified and easy for you to do, it like does really well. Right. And you got to go to school on what works. What works works. Um, and in my, you know, my Instagram account, if you went to it and looked through it, there's some blue kind of things that stick out and they're less than artistic, as Eddie would so clearly tell me. Mm. <laughs> That's not my, my wheelhouse. I literally did it on my phone probably two minutes after you taught me. So I taught myself how to make a post look different. And all of a sudden, I got one out of nowhere. They got like 25,000 views in a video, which is a little harder to get, a, to get an interaction with. And the only difference was it was still me, but the beginning of it was a blue picture. I think I had a picture of George Bush on there if you want to look for it. And that one got like 20. It was about recreating yourself. I heard him tell me a story about recreating yourself, recreating to recreate. He goes away every year and recreates to recreate himself. Uh, And I've been using that for a long, long time. So that was the beginning of the video about, hey, take some time off, get away, which is secondary to the message that this was different and the data says it works. And I've done more since, and it does work. Right. But it doesn't work every time. I don't know if it's the novelty. I don't really know for sure, but it's an ongoing experiment. Everything's an ongoing experiment. And awareness, to speak to Mindy's point in the, in the book, if you're aware of new ideas coming into your life and you're ready to accept them and also accept the failures, you'll be in a way better place to, to use that knowledge, you know, weaponize that knowledge, so to speak. And the more you post, the more data you get around right. when and what types of posts and what kinds, and even down to color format, you know, yeah. all that stuff, that stuff makes a big Audience sense. specific. I mean, your audience may not have responded to that blue, you know, that blue uh, different post. Who knows? It just, it is what it is. The experiment, if you talk about a scientist, they, they control the area and they, they, they test. And everything's about testing. Imagine yeah. Mark Watney not like putting solar panels on the top of the rover, realizing it works, and then not doing it. Right. Like that's essentially what I was doing with my YouTube channel for years, just being like stubborn with that approach. And it's like, look, dude, the data's in front of you. Do this. Like, here's the blueprint. If you want it, it's there. And eventually I was like, fine. And now, you know, the past two weeks, I've got like 6,000 subs on my YouTube channel. Like, it's, it's trending up, and it's not mystery. It's nothing crazy. It's like, you looked at the data. Yeah, bamboo tree. Bamboo tree. Yeah. Well, How yeah, many years are you underground? Four or five years. You're shooting up now. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I got a question. Um, do you think he wrote this book with that story and all the trials and tribulations in mind, and Mars was kind of the placeholder, or he wanted to tell a story about Mars, and it just happened to have all these different entrepreneurial type of roadblocks? Well, I did a little bit of research on him, and I know he's a science fiction writer, and I know he spent a long time just studying the science behind this so he could have a real accurate portrayal. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I think um, it might have just been a story about trials and tribulations. Yeah. And, you know, that's my guess. And, and they're so relatable to the entrepreneurial journey that it's just, to me, it's just blinking red, yeah. like it has to be talked about. But I don't know. There's got to be interviews or something we can check out. Well, they had the movie uh, Castaway with Tom Hanks. Very similar movie. Where right. He's stuck, and he mm-hmm. starts making things out of what he had available. Right. And he ultimately makes a raft out of, um, what was he? He was stripping something. Oh, but he, so he, Same movie, though. It was basically an, a 
place where you're alone. Odds are stacked against you. You got tons of setbacks. The quintessential hero's journey. Was, he's just a dumbed down Mark Mark Watney. Or yeah. Or Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are probably too young to know what that means. Marky Mark? Mark Mark Wahlberg the was rapper. An, he was an underwear model. And I was, oh, I'm from Boston, man. I know. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, you said yeah. You, Calvin Klein. So we have, <clears throat> we have handpicked the next four books, and Eddie's going to go through them all and a little bit about why. Awesome. And side note, Steve is going to do an awesome job of, of putting uh, the calendar together for the month and putting it in the private Facebook group. So that'll be there pinned to the top for you to check out. So next week, we're going to do Extreme Ownership. Um, one of the best books I've ever read. I didn't think it would be, and then I read it, and I was just blown away. Um, great read talks about military, their lessons, how that translates to the corporate world, and, and just incredible for leadership. I've not read that book yet. It's, oh, yeah. you're going to love I, it. And, I, and it's not because it wasn't recommended. I just haven't read it yet. Uh, this book, Tools, uh, Brian Johnson recommended this, the guy who uh, I respect. And this is a book I know very little about, but it was his number one book, and this guy's read and curated like 500 books. Uh, it's about being resourceful and using tools to overcome, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't read this one, so I'm, I'm pumped to read that. Can't Hurt Me, another uh, special operations theme book. I think that's coincidence, but um, definitely uh, a good read. Those guys are like uh, astronauts, these Navy SEALs. Oh, my God. I mean, they're all problem systems solving. people. Yeah, problem-solving yeah. systems. They put them in a lot of problem, a lot of They put them in a lot of peril. And lastly, um, Ray Dalio, Principles. Oh, Everyone this references this book. It's about algorithms. Like testimonies from Bill Gates, Tony Robbins, big big players. Totally awesome book. So cool. So we're we're pumped and uh, can't wait to do extreme ownership next week. Um, Steve, any uh, messages regarding the the number one more time or? Sure. Uh, so if you want to leave a text or a voicemail, seven five four two seven three six zero six nine. Shoot any questions you have about any four of those books. We'll get to them. Um, and that's it. Cool. All right. Next week we'll introduce the the mic winner as well. Boom.